Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. But first, we want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Mid-Columbia Medical Center, which provides specialty care for athletic injuries in Portland and beyond. Thanks so much for supporting the show. And today, Jamie, I got to say, I have a hankering for a long weekend. Mm, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> you know, it's officially that time of year, you know, mm-hmm. when we set our sights beyond our winter and early springtime routines, get outside a little bit more often with the longer days. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask me, hey, let's put some plans into motion for trips that take us just a little bit farther from home. Yeah, Jamie, a hundred percent. I've been better than usual so far this year, getting on the move and taking some trips in the early part of 2022. But as springtime wears on, it's just natural to get excited about making plans, right, for the the weeks and months ahead. We all know that, uh, you know, you can cover a lot of ground on a standard two-day weekend, but I was thinking we could maybe uh, mix things up just a hair, Jamie, and scheme a selection of trips that are best taken with an extra day off. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's that luxurious three-day weekend, mm-hmm. Jim, right? It's when you can really actually settle in and not worry about, you know, getting a little bit of sleep and then driving back home the next day. You want those couple of nights to be out there at least. Yeah. When you set your sights a little bit beyond, you know, that kind of few hour range that you're willing to drive, uh, say Friday night to give yourself a little bit more time. Or on back to back Saturday, Sunday. Uh, you know, for me, Jamie, that falls in the, the several hour range. I really don't want to do that two days in a row for a standard weekend if I don't have to. Um, if there's not something so compelling and, you know, uh, Memorial Day is coming up. That's a three day weekend for many of us. Uh, the weather is getting a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more reliable, though some snow in the, recent past here in Portland belies that a bit. But Jamie, there are lots of possibility, springtime, summertime, rife with good options that uh, require a little bit more driving than maybe you want to do in two days. Yeah. And you know, look, Oregon is is a pretty big state. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's uh, there's a lot of stuff out there and there's a lot of great stuff that is in the farther reaches of the state or up in Washington, 
um, or down in Northern California, yep. even, um, you know, if you are so daring to go into California, Oof. Oregonians, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of places that are just some of the, the most beautiful destinations in this region and in this country, frankly, um, that if you're willing to drive just a little bit farther, if you're willing to give yourself just a little bit of an extra day, you can really enjoy them so much more. Yeah. So we have thrown together, that makes it seem willy nilly. We have uh, compiled a list of go. several of those places that uh, may be best served if you have a little bit of extra time to spare. And Jamie, the first on our list, a place that I really would love to spend more time, but have not. Uh, the little town of Joseph, which I know you particularly mm -hmm. enjoy, coming in at a, a cool five and a half hours uh, from our office in downtown Portland. Yeah, Joseph, when I think about places I want to spend more time getting to, Joseph is like the top of my list. Yeah. Because I've done the, the the overnighter in Joseph before, and it was a haul. Jim, it's about five and a half hours to get from Portland to Joseph. Yeah. Um, that's a long drive. Uh, and there's so much to do there is, is the thing. So it's so attractive. Um, and so it, I think it draws people in for that reason. But and you've got, you know, the, the Wallawa Mountains there, um, Eagle Calf Wilderness in the in the Wallawas. We've got so many beautiful trails and hikes and backpacking destinations. Wallawa Lake itself is great. Yes. And the town of Joseph is a sweet little spot. They've got the the bronze forge there. They've mm -hmm. got some nice restaurants in town now. They've got the chocolate shop that I love so much. Um, so many good things to see and do in Joseph. Give yourself that extra day to get out there and really enjoy and appreciate it all. Yeah, that's what I like, Jamie. It's the opportunity to pause a little bit. Uh, you're yeah. not in town, out of town, moving quick. It's stop and stay a while. And a while can only be an extra day, uh, an extra few hours, but it allows you time to experience a place a little bit more than if you need to turn right back around and uh, head toward home the next day. So in that same vein, Jamie, a place that's closer to five hours away from Portland, uh, the uh, Bavarian-themed town of Leavenworth, <laughs> which we've talked about before. This is up yeah. in Washington, um, a great jumping-off point, uh, particularly for outdoor activity, um, similar to Joseph in that way, where there's just uh, an absolute embarrassment of riches right from town, particularly access to an area known as the Enchantments, uh, which is a uh, top of the top class hiking area. Um, some great climbing in there as well. A place that I really enjoy. Uh, would love to get back to this summer um, or early fall. But the town itself also is worth a stop and worth a stay. You've got good food. You've got mm -hmm. uh, the full Bavarian theme in effect, uh, in the sense of, <laughs> yes, you know, some folks might bristle a little bit at themed towns and, and maybe I'm one of those to a degree. I've never really thought about it too much, but Leavenworth does it right to me. I think there's something special about it. They are all in on the Bavarian theme. Somehow it isn't overdone, at least for me. There's like an authenticity to it. Like an, it's like an authentic Bavarian theme town. Like, like you said, Jim, they go all in on it. So it's it's not like it's, you know, kind of thrown together. There's a couple places with some old signs. No, like, I mean, they have some serious sausage places, restaurants, some serious, yeah. like good, authentic German restaurants. So a couple of breweries in town that serve great beer. Um, I mean, if you're into that kind of cuisine, it is heaven on earth. 
you know, if you're not, there's other stuff you can find there too. Um, I found a great bone broth restaurant there once that mm. was really, really good. So they kind of go back and forth between serving, like you said, this is a hiker, hiker, backpacker crowd. Um, and the people who were there for like, uh, their Oktoberfest celebration or their winter celebration who were looking for, for whatever reason, um, that kind of Bavarian lifestyle, I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> I mean, it's just a fun place to meander around, yeah. too. Uh, I, I think Leavenworth is not a particularly big place by any means. Neither is Joseph. But both offer good walkability, uh, especially Leavenworth offers like maybe uh, an outsized amount of window shop, restaurant, grab a drink, mm-hmm. get an ice cream. Uh, for a place uh, of its size. And I've always had fun there. I'm hoping to go back there this year as well. Um, I've done more than a long weekend there. A couple of friends and I got a, a place there. Uh, let's see. It would have been in 2020, the fall, back in the throes of, of COVID. The three of us got together and that may seem irresponsible. They happen to be now at this point married couple. Um, and I was uh, a happy third wheel on this trip to Leavenworth and, uh, it was a good time. And I would highly recommend, uh, making a return, um, or a first trip if you've never been. I've done the three day trip to Leavenworth, Jim, like we were talking about. And I, I just got to say that you can pack a lot in, like you, you said. You know, I mean, we talk about the food and stuff and the drink there and the outdoor attractions, but there's also stuff like the Nutcracker Museum and the Reindeer Farm. You know, um, there are so many places to go, little bakeries, stuff like that. You can really pack a lot in yep. in three days. And that's yep. what's so cool about it. Definitely so. Uh, th- the next place on our list here, Jamie, is one that is listed as a great three-day weekend in in, in our book here. Not because there's a million things to do there specifically, (laughs) but because it takes a long time to get there. And that is the Alvord Desert, a place we've talked about here multiple times on the show. But it takes seven-some hours to get there and has essentially one to two main attractions, which is go out on the playa, go to the hot springs, and camp. It yep. is basically the gist of it, but stargazing, it is a, stargazing. Yeah, yeah. Stargazing and camping uh, go hand in hand there. Right. But you just got to commit to the enterprise, the endeavor of taking a honking long drive. As we, we've talked about in the show here before, I always advocate for people to do other things in the way. If you know, three day trip to get out there seems about right. Um, if you have more time and you can pair it with other attractions there, it might make it feel uh, like a bit more of a not, not just a place where you're just driving to get there and then driving back. Um, Steens mountain is right there next to the Alvar desert and is a great place to go. If you're just doing the loop drive around it, or if you're camping up there as well, really, really primo spot. Um, I mean, and then there's, you know, hot springs, um, obviously at the Alvar desert, but then also nearby where you can stay the night. So I've done that before where I've, I stayed the night at, you know, uh, crane hot springs and drove down to the Alvar desert, stayed the night there and then spend a long day driving back. And that, that, that's kind of a nice three day way to do it, but definitely check out some of the other things that are in the region. Um, unless you're single-mindedly on hanging out in the playa, which if you are good for you and just make sure you give yourself some time to rest there in yeah. between because seven hours is a long time in the car. That's a long drive. 
that's a big, big day. Uh, why we are doing it on a three day weekend or longer, mind you, any of these places good for a longer weekend also. Jamie, this one, uh, notably less driving, uh, around the least, uh, ish, one of the, the lesser, uh, commitments for driving on our list, the Painted Hills, Jamie, a spot that I know you've spent some good time and very much enjoy. I love the Painted Hills. Um, and to take it a step further, um, the John Day Fossil Beds, which is where the Painted Hills are located, have all kinds of things to yeah. see and explore there. So the Painted Hills are just one part of those fossil beds. Yep. And, um, you can see the Blue Basin is there also. Um, some really interesting, uh, geological formations, you know, um, hills that are, uh, out there in the desert that have different bands of color in them. Mm-hmm. Um, Colors that you just don't see anywhere else. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. And it's also home to a bunch of really like prehistoric fossils of animals that do not exist anymore. Um, toad horses and, you know, weird old alligators and crosses between like deer and cats. I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff there. Yeah. If you go to the, the paleontology center, and this is why I like spending a few, a couple of days there. If you want to camp out in there or stay in one of the nearby towns. Check out the paleontology center that's there in the Painted Hills or is nearby. Um, and they have so many interesting exhibits on the fossils there that you can spend a whole afternoon just learning about the area. And you could spend a couple of days exploring all of the units of the John mm-hmm. fossil beds. Um, it's a place where you can pop out the Painted Hills and back and, you know, have yourself a really long day or a long two days, but give yourself that time and you can really see the, the full spectrum of what is there. Yeah. Uh, and a quick side note of, I thought there would be no way that we would get into weird alligators here on this, uh, <laughs> peak Northwest <laughs> three day road trip. Uh, unless of course your three day trip, uh, getting on a plane and going down to the Everglades or something in, in Florida, um, weird alligators, all sorts of funky fossils, uh, a fascinating jump back in time and another spot. We're just rattling them off here, but we just did an episode all about the Southern Oregon coast, specifically its beaches, as well as a couple of things to do while you're down there. But Jamie, this is the epitome of a deal that I'm, I don't want to drive all the way to Bandon, which is just over four hours in, uh, say a standard two day weekend. It's a lot. You're covering a lot of ground and there's so much to see that it's like once you've made the trip there, stop, stay take a deep breath, explore a couple places. And that drive home is going to feel a lot more energized than if you just do a quick zip zip out and back and call it good. Absolutely, Jim. I'm a huge proponent of that. Go to Bandon, book someplace for a couple of nights yep. and then explore north and south of there. You can get into the, the Oregon dunes if you want. You can get into some of the beaches like we talked about in the previous episode. You can check out the lighthouses. You can check out the roadside attractions, the food, the cranberry bogs. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to do around that area. The Southern Oregon coast is particularly beautiful, particularly beautiful. So if you've not been down there before, definitely give yourself those three days and explore a little bit more than you might. And just, you know, a day trip to the North coast, for example. Exactly that. Well, folks, we have, of course, a few more places to consider for a long three day weekend, but first we're going to take a short break. Okay, folks, we are back talking about a bunch of excellent three-day trips for your consideration this spring, the coming weeks and months as the weather 
Knock on wood gets a little bit more, uh, you know, enjoyable for a long drive, a long weekend for many of us. And, uh, Jamie, we're trying to inspire as, uh, Memorial Day approaches, as, uh, the warmer months become, uh, our reality here. Take that PTO. Take that extra day, plan a good holiday trip for Memorial Day, find reasons to get beyond maybe your normal circle of where you might drive for a standard two-day weekend, and a, a spot that I wouldn't scoff at too much uh, for a two-day weekend. wouldn't scoff at this place in any regard, but would be particularly attracted to for three or more days is Olympic National Park, Jamie, a lovely oh, yeah. spot full of all sorts of goodness and kind of to the the maybe beating heart of this park maybe the most popular place the whole rainforest visitor center clocking in about four hours and 45 minutes from portland yeah i we did a whole episode about how to explore olympic national parks if you are interested in that drawn to that go back and check out that episode we have a lot of good advice there but like you said jim i mean this is a place of unparalleled beauty in the pacific northwest and um i just highly recommend taking three, four, five. I mean, however many days you have, yep. um, and really spending time up there because there's so much you can see from, like you said, the rainforest to the coast, the wilderness coast, um, to the mountains, backpacking trips, day hiking, hot springs, beaches. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do there. Um, and you know, a overnighter is possible, but definitely give yourself some more time to, to really ex- appreciate and explore that place a little bit more. If you can, Jamie, if you can make it happen, uh, I would, uh, I would be sad if I didn't make a plug for spring skiing on this episode, Jamie. Uh, (laughs) we all know I enjoy skiing and I would say springtime is maybe the friendliest time to spend two or three straight days on the snow. Most likely, generally speaking, not going to be as cold maybe have a better chance, probably have a better chance of seeing the sun, uh, having some, some bluebird, you know, sunny sky conditions. It's a great family activity. And I I don't have the statistics to back this up, but anecdotally speaking, folks tend to maybe gravitate toward other things this time of year. And you may not have to contend with as many crowds, which as any, uh, person skiing at a resort would tell you, that's a, more enjoyable experience. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about this, you know, zigging people zag situation. Yep. That's a great example right there. Um, beginning of ski season, everyone gets excited to go up there. This is when you see, you know, highway 26 going up to Mount hood be absolutely jammed with traffic later in the season. People have maybe already gotten their ski fix. Maybe they're moving on to camping, to backpacking, to, you know, kayaking, whatever the case may be, Jim, I, I would bet you're totally right that that, that there are definitely, um, statistically speaking, smaller crowds out there in the springtime. So make that trip, you know, Mount Bachelor and the Mount Hood Resorts uh, are, are primo spots in the spring, particularly uh, on Hood, Mount Hood Meadows and Timberline Ski Area. Great places to go check out. Uh, you know, maybe isn't that far for many of us in the state, uh, might be farther for some others, but uh, Bachelor and Hood, great destinations throughout ski season. But uh, a particular uh, point of enjoyment in the springtime, we can shed a layer, uh, lather on that sunscreen, uh, go just get some great springtime laps in up at the resort. And I have one more, Jamie, and this is the opposite of a 
hot take or a uh, surprising (laughs) inclusion on this list. But it seems natural uh, to end with Oregon's only national park, Crater Lake. Oh, Crater Lake. I think this is the epitome, too, of of this kind of trip is three-day weekend. Yes. Um, I think I've talked to so many Oregonians who've never been to Crater Lake before. And the reason is that it is a far drive. And I think another reason is that there's not a, a lot of places to stay right at Crater Lake itself. Um, they have a wonderful historic inn there, and they have some cabins and some campgrounds. But those places, understandably, get booked up pretty quickly. So, you know, I think a lot of people look at Crater Lake as like, oh, it's, you know, four or five hours away. Um, you know, I can't really stay right there. You know, I'll just do it another time. And they never end up going. But I mean, obviously it is, you know, it has the reputation it has for good reason. It is stunningly beautiful. It is like nowhere else in um, the world, maybe. <laughs> That's not too <laughs> hyperbolic to say. Um, you know, it, it is just absolutely stunning destination that you have to check out at some point if you're in Oregon. Um, and I think, you know, for folks who maybe are concerned about trying to find a place to stay, I always say, you know, go down to Klamath Falls, go down to Medford. Those are going to be maybe a little bit like an hour drive or so to get to Crater Lake, but do that and have a sure place to stay. Um, you know, so drive down there, spend a couple nights in Klamath Falls, say, and then in the morning, drive up to Crater Lake, do all your stuff, go back. And maybe you can do that a couple days if you've a chance to, but, um, you know, don't be afraid to stay a little bit farther away if it means you have closer access to the lake itself. Because, Jim, you got to go there. You just got to check do it out. You got to do it. And while you're in the area, plenty of other good stuff to do. Tons of hiking. Diamond Lake is right there as well. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a resort on Diamond Lake uh, that is potentially a good option. There's camping both inside the National Park and outside of the National Park. Uh, also camping at Diamond Lake, for that matter. Um, Mount Thielsen is right there. Mount Bailey is right there. Loads of good opportunities to get outdoors and really maximize a three-day weekend. You can kind of plan yourself a little itinerary that involves some sightseeing at the the National Park, maybe a hike or two, a drive around, uh, a drive around the lake itself trip over to Diamond Lake if you'd like, maybe a little camping, maybe a stay at at the inn or elsewhere, swing back through Medford, stay in Medford. I mean, you got options galore, but it is nice at clocking in about four and a half hours from Portland, our home here. And, you know, uh, that's a drive. Uh, And of course, you have to do it there and you have to do it back. All that is to say, I hope that while this list is far from inclusive, it gets folks scheming on taking uh, some time off, getting out, enjoying places that are outside of kind of that that sphere of easy drivability for many of us. Uh, Jamie, we could go on and on essentially endlessly with options here. But uh, this is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight good ones that uh, are bound to inspire. At least I hope they inspire. Yeah. Just like you said, you know, take that time for yourself get out and explore places you may have not seen before, you'll be astonished how much that freshness will invigorate you and how much uh, good it does to really take time for yourself and to relax a little bit and enjoy your surroundings instead of thinking about, God, I got to drive up there and drive right back. It does a world of difference to take time to just breathe a little bit and actually appreciate where you are. 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jamie. I love the sentiment and uh, 
hope that folks turn that sentiment into reality as springtime rolls on. So folks, until next time here on the show, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of set.